0: And Chris Davis takes it to the back of the end zone, he'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 25, 50, 45, here comes Davis, oh my god, Davis is going running all the way back, Auburn's going to win the football game, Auburn's going to win the football game. It's a night, Hey, it was BYG, bring your own guts, and they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit until the last one. Her kick is blocked, Jackson took Boston, the jacket's picking up back in the 25, and Austin is returning
1: it down the left side of the that's the 50,
0: He's yours! He's yours! Say he the name!
1: You say that! Yes, sir! We're going to beat their ass in recruiting! We're going to beat their ass every time they see us! How's that? You understand that? Yes, sir! Roll that one! Fuck you! Yeah! yeah! Thank you for joining the SPC podcast network where the purpose of every podcast is to make money every podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose and a a specific outcome and what we're doing now is we're doing our research which we got the top 10 rules of betting i'll put them on the episode notes number one rule of betting never bet your own team Number two rule of betting always do your research. Second purpose of the podcast is to teach you business and financial concepts so you don't get into trouble with money, so your marriage lasts longer, so you know how to invest. I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients' net worth 50 million and above for decades, right? I had a restaurant in Pinellas Park, Florida, we were talking about that I bought for $6,000 in 1997, sold it for $800,000 in 2004. So what I do is we give you specifics. We give you a fish, which is a pick, but we teach you how to fish so you can fish for yourself, and we teach a lot of business stuff. So what is the outcome? The outcome is first year of the podcast, we were 65% NFL. Second year of the podcast, 64% third year of the podcast we'll talk about college football as a disciple of the podcast that's coming on right now uh chan nolan so those are the purpose and the outcome you got what the specific outcome is. so another big business maxim that if you think you are the toughest smartest person in a room <laughs> you are in the wrong room. And diversity is not just hiring a bunch of random Black people and minorities to the job. Oh, now I got diversity. That's not diversity. What diversity is, it's age diversity. It's, uh, it's not just race, gender, and disability. It's age. It's perspective. It's discipline at your job. right? It's regional diversity. So, again, if you think you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So, to that end, I got two guys here who are tougher and a lot smarter than I am, right? (laughs) Number one, we got Jesse Truel. Did I pronounce your last name right? You got it. You got it. He's a professional better. What does that mean? It means he has a family and that the information that we give you, it's worth more than what you see on mainstream, what I call drive-by media, because if we're wrong, we can't pay our bills. We have bad relationships. We can't really get relationships. are married, right? Married seventeen years. Uh, my wife has not bought gasoline from non-betting dollars since two thousand and eleven. Right? That's why she lets me watch this insane amount of football. And I'm sure it's the same for Jesse. Uh, he, how are you doing, Jesse, and thank you for joining us today and giving yeah, us some regional me, diversity. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's the same story for me. Uh, my wife goes to the grocery store and, you know, loads the cart and pays for it with uh, betting dollars and has, has done so for uh, well over a decade
1: now. Awesome. Awesome. So, we get youth, right? Jesse and I watched the games. This guy plays the game. Arena League football star. Uh, Love watching him play, man. He's always wide open. The one play he didn't catch, and we have the video on Twitter, he came from behind, caused a turnover. (laughs) Twitter recovered the ball if they had to. His brother is the starting quarterback for your Oregon State Beavers. We can't bet Oregon State games because we have a bias, right? That's one of our favorite teams never bet your own team, but he brings a lot of football knowledge. He works out with Josh Allen, uh, Jamar chase, uh, Perez, who is the, uh, backup quarterback for your world champion, LA Rams. And thank you, Chad. And what are your first thoughts? What are you seeing now in the offseason As we get into a little ACC with Jesse's going to fill us in and then we'll get
2: heavy into the big 12. Go ahead, Chad. All right, man. What's up? Nice to meet you, Jesse. It's a pleasure, man. Um, I'm just, uh, man, I'm looking forward I, I love him when I get to meet new people too on this podcast. So I'm really looking forward to see Jesse's opinion on stuff. And, you know, the more people we bring in, the more minds, the more thoughts, the more collaboration, just the better the outcome always is. So, uh, man, I'm just, uh, yeah, with a lot, a lot of, a lot of training going on, a lot of off season stuff, been around a lot of guys. Uh, Luis is, is doing his thing up there with the Rams right now. We'll get to go see him here this week. That'll be fun. Um, And then, yeah, man, just just staying in shape myself and uh, got got some good stuff coming up. But, you know, that's about it.
1: Yeah, no, it's we talk a lot about and it's going to be important when we talk about the developmental teams in college football. But, uh, man, Chad runs a 4-4. I wish I could run a 4-4. That is fast. (laughs) He gets down the field back and fast. Uh, Is that your fastest time or you're down a 4-3, Chad?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd say like four. I mean, I've ran some four threes, but like consistently at hand times, I'm in the, in the four fours.
1: Nice. Nice. So he gives us that insight. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the oldest guy here. So both of you guys are giving me youth diversity. And uh, Jesse's out of the country, right? So he gives us that diversity. He's he gained from a different perspective. And he's had a lot of success, making money, watching sports. So what are your thoughts, Jesse, on the ACC?
0: Well, I guess we start with Clemson, and uh, can DJ Lele be better than he was last year? Because uh, you know Clemson's got all the pieces uh, in place to uh, you know repeat and go to the college football playoffs if they can get just even average play from him. But uh, I mean, he he really stunk it up last year. It was surprising how bad he could play on such a good team. I know they blame a lot of that on the offensive line, but even even with that said you would have expected him to do better than 55% passing. And, uh, you know, I look around the ACC this year, there's a lot of decent quarterbacks. There's a lot of teams bringing back experienced starting quarterbacks, a lot of transfers coming in that that could be good. Um, You know, Clemson's going to need him to be a lot better this year if they want to, uh, you know, be top dogs. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that.
1: Right. So, yeah always like the the philosophy in uh, uh chad knows it best right there's the differentiation differentiation in college football between blue bloods and developmental teams so clemson is right there on the cusp they are a blue blood because they won two national championships good old dabble sweeney uh is a great recruiter not necessarily a great exit the nose guy but teams go in two year cycle and I did Scott and I did a three hour podcast on the ACC and what we touched on was the Clemson's in that second year of, of that cycle and 75 career starts and the quarterback for Clemson, Chad, what do you know about? Cause your brother was in there in the recruiting game uh, competing against him. And did you play against him, Chad? Not necessarily play against him, but did you see him play down there? Uh,
2: where, where's he from? Who, who was that?
1: Was he who, Bosco? Who's that?
2: Uh, the quarterback in Presley. Uh, oh, Ugulele Bosco. Yeah. Yeah, he was from Bosco. No, I, ne- I never seen him. I mean, I just seen him play on, like um, – they actually did the QB1, that Netflix show, where he was – he actually backed up a guy his sophomore year at Bosco. But he was, he was at Bosco. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Clemson as a team last year was – I mean, they were machines to the under. I mean, they couldn't – they were winning games 21 to 14, I mean –
1: Right, and, and they then could you have mean, the big advantage. Mean,
2: it, so, you know, people roll up. They start yeah, it be very probably, interesting to see how that. Yeah, how
1: to see how the offense develops, right? Uh, and people start drinking on Friday night. I mean, you can talk to this Jesse. They start drinking on Friday night. Uh, they're drinking all day. Here comes the Clemson game at three, right? And you see Clemson plus uh, 34 in the over-under at 56. What do they do? They bet Clemson in the over, blindly. And these are people with a lot of money. Doesn't that drive the line our way? We can take advantage of a market inefficiency on Clemson games. What do you think, Justin?
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and and until we see Ugalele prove that he can, uh, you know, Make, make strides from last season. Uh, you know, until I see
1: it, I'm, I'm not going to believe it. Right. Right. I think uh, more starts on the offensive line is going to help. The running game is going to be better. It's going to be, it's going to help. But I graduated from the University of South Florida and when they were good, they had Jeff Scott as the offensive coordinator. He's now our head coach. Tony Elliott is now at University of Virginia. So what does Dabble Sweeney know about offense? He really doesn't. So There's going to be new guys there. He's going to be more hands-on, but what has he done? Again, I think he's going to rely on the defense, and he's going to hide plays until the conference championship game. So that's Clemson. Any more thoughts on the ACC, Jesse, before we start? Uh, With
0: with Clemson, I I think they're probably going to look like world beaters in week one, you know, going up against Georgia Tech. And, you know, there might be some fool's gold there, you know, uh, if they lay a really strong beating on Georgia Tech people are going to you know fall in love with Clemson again and and uh I think that could set them up for being uh overvalued for their uh their next game you know because you sort of expect them to lay an absolute whooping on Georgia Tech and then and then they got to come back and and uh you know are they going to be overrated after that and I think that there's a good possibility they would be
1: Oh, big time all right we lost that for a second, but we'll head on to the Big 12. You let me know uh, if I'm crazy or if I'm making sense here. Uh, The Big 12 as a whole, they're going through a huge transition, right? And the whole thing with USC leaving, and here comes Chad back, Uh, UCLA leaving for the Big 12. Now the Big 12 has a new commissioner. Uh, it's going to be a problem for what we call corporate government. Now, uh, Chad, if you can explain, right, on the podcast, how we use corporate government, because you played, you were a four-year starter, and actually you played both ways. You played first part of your career, you played offense, right? High-level college football, or you played defense, and then you played offense. Sometimes you had to do both. In Arena, in Arena League, you've done both. You've been successful, both professional football. So when we talk about fundamental analysis, how do we align that to college
2: football? Yeah, so I mean, we, you know, we we compare it to like um, you know looking at a stock when you look at the corporate governance, like who owns exactly. the company, who are the partners, uh, what other companies do they own? Um things of that nature. So, yeah, when we're looking at corporate governance for a football team, we're looking at uh, ownership. Um, we're looking at uh, general managers. We're looking at head coaches and right. all the way down the coaching staff. So um, we can get, yeah, we can get tendencies on, on, um, you know, wh- what coaching tree they came from, what's their past, how did they come up? Who, who did they study under for most of their career? Um, just defensive offensive, you know, yeah. Defensive coaches, offensive coaches, um, you know, so just knowing, you know, like an Andy Reid is more of an offensive guy. You got a Belichick who's a defensive guy. You know, those type of mindsets are going to lead to the outcomes when it comes to covering spreads. You know, um, a defensive coach isn't going to be a guy that's going to probably cover as a big favorite. But as an underdog, he's probably amazing. Um, exactly. So to th- things of that nature is what we look at. Does that make sense, Jesse? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, awesome. So when we get into the Big 12 – uh, you'll see that philosophy teams uh, like Oklahoma state that we we're talking about. They love to get into shootouts with all things being equal, right? He, he can put it on the offense. I'm the offensive guru. I know everything about offense. I'll outscore you, right? A guy like uh, the guy at Oklahoma now, he's a defensive guy. So he says, I'm going to put it on the defense. Oh, fourth and a half yard line at the 30, I'm going to punt it, pin him deep and our defense is going to win the game for us. Defensive guy is like what Chad said. Zone means under for us. Philosophy, as we get into it, because the man with the best information wins. And we are competing against other betters. We're competing against the casino. We're competing against the public, right? So the person with the best information, at the end of the day, ends up winning. Make sense, just. Absolutely. All right. So we, we'll get into uh, Oklahoma. And What I look at is 125 career starts on the offensive line, right? So we had Chad's brother, and we talked about I asked him, the more football you played, are you better, right? So you look at the roster, roster management, and you look at Oklahoma is a blue blood versus developmental teams that we got here. Blue Bloods can get 9, 10 wins just off talent, right? But a guy like Kirby Smart, Nick Satan, they know how to recruit talent to their style and develop them, and they get a bunch of guys into the NFL. Some guys, like Bob Stoops, won one national championship, but for the most part just rolled it out, and his players didn't develop as much as we would like. They have 125 Career starts coming back on the offensive line, five on offense, five on defense. Venables comes in. Uh, they got 20 guys from the tra- Transfer Portal, 20 guys left. He's an unproven head coach. Uh, Jeff Levy, that's with, with Lame Kiffin at, at uh, Mississippi, is the offensive coordinator. Uh, defensive coordinator is in name only because uh, Venables is going to be his own uh, defensive coordinator. My thought is, I like UTEP a lot. First game, going to Oklahoma, first-time head coach. They got Nebraska on September the 17th. And coach is going to have to keep plays in his back pocket for that big at Nebraska game. Uh, That's a big game for Scott Frost. What are you guys' thoughts on your Oklahoma Sooners? I
0: think that makes sense what, what you said about uh, week one. And what you mentioned about uh, Venables being a defensive guy, um, it's c- quite a stark contrast, right? I mean, right. we're flipping the script entirely from what Oklahoma's identity was under Lincoln Riley. Um, they've been pretty poor defensively for the last, as long as I can remember anyways, under under Lincoln Riley. Right. And uh, so, I mean, there's a transition that's going to happen. And normally you don't look for a transition to be uh, as effective in week one. So... Uh, you know, they might have trouble blowing out their week one opponent for sure.
1: Right. And we talked about UTEP a little bit when I did Conference USA. That's a great developmental coach. And what developmental coach is, I guess, you got a couple of guys in this conference, which are consummate guys, but you look at PJ Fleck of Minnesota. They used to call it six-year U. You know you're going to be there five years. I'm going to redshirt you one year, and you'll start seeing the field your junior and senior year. Right. And this year, sometimes they'll fake an injury and give you a sixth year. So suddenly you're a six, you know, six year guy working out. And the guy who's done this is Chad Nolan. What, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma when they make that transition uh, this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think what you said about UTEP's a great, a great point. I mean, you're looking, you're you Oklahoma's going to, going to have to be at least a three touchdown favorite, if not more in that game. Um, so like yeah, we said, the, uh, okay. wow. Yeah. So 32 and a half. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, and I bet that number of climbs, I might, I bet before this season starts, we might get a 35. Um, so yeah, with a defensive coach like Venables, I mean, in, in the first game in a transition period, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see them, you know, they, they win by 28, uh, you know, maybe 31. And it, I, that's going to be very, very tough for them to cover. I mean, they'd almost have to be trying to cover that to in order to do it. Like you said, they got Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska is one of the hardest places to play in the country. They got, 000, you know, 100,000 right. fans. Then doesn't matter if they're three and eight. They're still going to be packed out. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really curious to see how these Blue Bloods, the teams like the Texases and the Oklahomas and the USC's that got all these guys from the transfer portal. I mean, they're looking like a damn Juco with 30, 30 guys <laughs> right. coming in. That You know, if, if these teams struggle early, I mean, they have the potential to implode. um you know just with all these new guys they don't have that you know guys that have been together for three four years when they lose two in a row like hey come on let's get this shit back on the tracks let's go it's gonna be pointing fingers and it could get ugly at some of those spots if stuff's not going good early in the year you know you go lose a game in Nebraska to start the year for Oklahoma um you know what you know where you know it, it it could turn out ugly for them so yeah, I'm. I'm really kind of early on, really, really keeping an eye on the, the USC's, the Texas, these Oklahomas, and seeing, um, you know, how they're transitioning, how they're doing with right. all these new, new, new guys, and you know, sometimes it doesn't matter the individual talent as it does the cohesiveness of the unit. You know, so that'll be something that I'll be really looking at.
1: No, big time, big time, and then uh, nothing jumps out during the season, uh, other than. Kansas State after Nebraska will be interesting, then at TCU before Texas. And one thing, and we'll, we'll go move on after this question, I'll ask Jesse. Uh, with Oklahoma, with all these teams, at USC, with all these new coaches going to new conferences, which is going to be better, and they have a, a long, uh, what do they call it for the, the planes? They have a long um, takeoff period or grace period they say but you still have you've seen them Jesse let me know if you've seen them when you're in Biloxi you're in Vegas you're in uh, Foxwoods this super rich couple comes in and they're betting 10 grand a game and they're drunk and all they're doing is betting overs in the favorite they're going to see USC they're going to see Oklahoma they're going to see him minus 15 are those people just going to drive that line to our to our favor during the season?
0: Well, I guess they get lucky about forty percent of the time. So <laughs> exactly. You, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. At the end of the day, the uh, the bookmakers haven't figured so you're you're going to be probably within five percent of fifty. So, you know, even even these guys will be uh, will be right a certain percentage of the time, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I think with teams like USC and, and these teams that have a lot of turnover, new right. coaching staffs coming in, I gotta see it to believe it. I'm not gonna be a believer in week one. I'm not gonna bet on a team as a three touchdown favorite um, right. when they got a new coach, a new quarterback, learning a new system until I until I see it work. I'm call me a skeptic.
1: And UTEP studying them, awesome. This is gonna be maybe the biggest game of all time for them. And 57 is too, too high of a total as well. What do you think of, of
0: uh, the first half as opposed to, like, a,
1: let's say it's the line's
0: 32, you said? So, what, you're going to get 18 points, 18 and a half points in the first half?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, big try.
0: You think that's the best way to attack this?
1: Oh, 100%. And then the first half under as well. This is going to be no scoring in that game because if uh, Venable says, we're going to shut him down, we're not going to let him score, Da-da-da. the game could easily end 23 nothing or, you know, 30 to seven, And man, you got that under and they're covering easily 32 and then 18 in the first half.
0: Chad would probably know better than us, but a lot of these blue blood teams like uh, Oklahoma,
1: um, you know, they
0: the really high end recruits are better conditioned than, than, than some of the smaller schools, right? And that, uh, that conditioning advantage comes to fruition in the second half, right? So you, that's why you see some of these teams, they're they're heavy favorites. They, they start off slow. They might be losing after that at the half, but they come back and cover anyways. They just blow blow the doors off in the second half because uh, their opponent runs out of gas. Is that something that you've
2: experienced, Chad? Yeah. And I think that's where depth comes into is like these, these Oklahoma's like their second string guy is a lot better than UTEP's second string guy. So I think in the second half, you know, a guy gets banged up, guys are tired. You start rotating more. You get into that depth a little bit. And you, you see that e- even more. And I also think, Jesse, you made a really good point when we were talking about Clemson, right? He said, if Clemson blows out Georgia Tech, don't take the bait. Wait till they do something good against an actual good team. I think that is a great point and some, something to take with, with USC, with Texas, with Oklahoma. If Oklahoma goes and handles UTEP by 31 and it looks like a – I wouldn't take the bait and, and and take you know they might be a seven ten point favorite fourteen point favorite going in Nebraska, and I, I really think that you know these teams USC early on you know these non conference cakewalk games they blow that team out be very careful going like oh okay Oklahoma, you know they're 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 right they're you know great point watch, watch them play a good team first um, because I I do. I mean, I think there's going to be value there. USC, Oklahoma blow out their week one opponent, man. There's going to – those lines are going to be inflated. Nebraska getting 14 points at home, I mean, shit like that. I mean, that's something you really got to take a hard look at because the market's going to not, not adjust. They're going to see those teams beating these shitty teams and they're going to keep, you know, a, the line similar to last year and think they're the same teams when it's not going to be the case.
1: No, 100%. 100%. We'll go to the Baylor Bears. It's something um... – Jesse's friend, John, would know from Wall Street, the big rivalry between fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Uh, People have gotten rich using fundamental analysis. Nobody's ever gotten rich using technical analysis. People have gotten rich selling technical analysis. But for betting purposes, we use fundamental analysis, which number one tenant in fundamental analysis is corporate governance. To the head coach of your Baylor Bears, now this team, as much success as I've had, betting, Chad schooled me on this team last year. <laughs> Chad was right, Josh was wrong. That's the work that he comes in, listening to other people. Sports betting is collaborative. Every time I've gone to the sports book, I start catching tickets. People come up, hey, who do you have the next game, blah, blah, blah. And it turns into a collaborative process, right? And that's, that's one of the things that I love about sports betting. Aranda, Dave Aranda comes from the quintessential developmental team, Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez. Now, Barry Alvarez was the head coach, actually was the defensive coordinator of Notre Dame with Lou Holtz, with my high school classmate, Tommy Carter, won the national title. He's second to Debra Smith right now. Aranda learned how to develop players at Wisconsin with Alvarez. He plays that famous zone. For us, zone means under for the most part. Uh, Chad was on them last year. They return. I like you, with these developmental guys. They're great at roster management. They have to retain guys and keep guys on that two deep. He was talking about. Here's the developing people. They can't be like Ohio State just bringing in new guys every year and be fine. Baylor has 119 starts on the offensive line. Six coming back on defense. Six coming back on offense uh Albany September the third that, that looks like an under type game. Uh, we'll go with Chad because he's an
2: ex- expert on Baylor and then Jesse and your thoughts. Yeah I mean I, I I watched Baylor play early in the year you know, I saw him play two 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 games early on and um yeah I really like are are they returning their quarterback do you know? The the guy that started is actually competing for a job with us and I say
1: us because I contribute to the university every year. So I can say us, and I actually graduated by USF. You have all these USC, Florida fans who never went to the school and don't even give money to the school saying us. I'm like us, do you have a mouse in your pocket? You're not on the team. But I say us with USF. Uh, He's going to be the starting quarterback maybe for USF. He's going to be competing for the job. They like the other guy who they kind of benched for uh, late in season and into that championship game. So that this dude is going to be uh has gone
2: Buchanan's without uh Lake shaping yeah shaping yeah
0: and he, he, he was
2: he was playing towards the end of the year so i mean yeah Baylor i mean they're a team they're a developmental team like you said so um it's hard to say exactly if they're going to be as good as they were last year i think they have a lot of weapons you know they they lost their number 1 player Taquan Thornton to the NFL first round right. draft pick receiver he was a 43 guy lightning speed um you know but they had other weapons man they got they got a tight end they got other receivers they got a good running back so um you know the offense I think will be dynamic uh you know they they at home last year they were a menace they were a they were probably that that Baylor crowd when they got on their winning streak and they got ranked in the top 25 that crowd was electric and dynamic um and I think there's gonna I mean look out for them you know if they're not a top of that, if they're not going to be a top two three team in the Big Twelve, and they are turn out to be a middle of the Pac twelve team or middle of the Big Twelve team, they will they will upset somebody at home right. or, or they will cover some spreads if they're a home dog. Look for Baylor as a home dog if they're not having a great year, um, because they I mean I just that, they were awesome at home last year. They were awesome. They cashed so many tickets for me at home, um, you know, and, and just and I, they, and they, I, you
1: know, and it's always putting your ego at the door. I put my ego out the door and started
2: writing Chad. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> on, Baylor, on Baylor games because he knew more about
2: Baylor than I did. Yeah. And I mean, I just, they, yeah, I mean, they, they had a full, they, they had a full team. Um, and, and, and they were awesome. So yeah, they're, they are developmental. They're a team. You check them out early in the year, see, see what they're doing, see how, how everything's rolling. But yeah, they're definitely a team that, I mean, they, with Oklahoma being down, I mean, it's wide open. I would not be surprised to see Baylor back in the Big 12 championship at all. So
1: now we talk about two year cycles. They're kind of quintessential that they go seven and six, 11 and three. with Matt Rule, defensive guy, so he recruited to the defense. So it's Fedoranda. They go two and seven COVID year, then uh, 12 and two last year. So I look for them to be in the seven and six range. What do you think, Jess?
0: My opinion is the Baylor uh, expectations are high for them. So I, I think Chad mentioned if they lose a few games. There might there might be value on them if they don't, you know, like uh, probably somebody I'm not going to look at in week one. Right. Um, they sort of overachieved last year. I was I was one. Of, uh, you mentioned, you know, you were not on them early last year. I think you said that. Uh, I lost a big game. I bet on Oklahoma State, and it came right down to the. I think I had them plus four or plus three, and you if, and me both. And and it could have. It could have been four and a half. I think if you had a got the best line on that game, which I pride myself on doing, um, you know, it you, you would have been a push or you perhaps could have even won. Um, but uh, so, I mean, they, they kind of ruined my, uh, ruined one of my big plays last year. So, I, I mean, I, I think they're, you're not going to get any value backing them because everybody everybody's sort of high on them right now. Unless they they lose a few games in a row, um,
2: then then maybe come back with them like, uh, like Chad said. Yeah, that, was uh, that was that. Was that game? That game was at Baylor, right? The Oklahoma State game. Yeah, it must have been because I think the, the line,
0: the opening line was plus four and a half, and I think it quickly, like right away, went right down to like three.
2: Yeah. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be getting Oklahoma uh, it, State that, plus. It was that
1: Oklahoma State?
2: Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't. I'm trying to remember. That game was like back and forth, 20, right? Yeah,
1: 24. It was uh, it uh, 14, 24. 14-24, to
2: okay. Oh, that's right, yeah. Super under, yeah, I remember that game.
1: Super, super, super under, and that's the thing, right? A uh, couple we talked about, you know, and sometimes it's this guy, he's on his fourth wife, he wants to impress a girl, so he's on there with us money bending the overs. Oh, Baylor, Baylor, oh, I just saw him on ESPN, they had a great segment on him. I'm just going to bet the over, no. Miranda plays zone, he's a development coach, Alvarez, Wisconsin guy. He did win a national title with Coach O just getting that one stop for Joe Burrow. But this is a different situation when he's the God of the program, making $5 million a year. And Jesse, you make a great point, right? Do your research and make up your own mind on the line. And if you can't, go look up Jesse, right? And see what he's thinking.
0: I think Kansas State's gonna be another interesting team in the Big 12. I mean, finally, they got themselves a quarterback because it feels like the last couple of years at Kansas State, they practically got a running back playing quarterback
1: uh
2: exactly you know and i he's, mean and he still got drafted in the seventh round can you believe it that blew my mind that was one of the craziest draft that was this one of the craziest draft picks to me of this whole draft so,
1: yeah but Gary's, if you think about it if he got drafted in the seventh round chance should be a top five pick man we're gonna be there yeah, yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> right all right let's let's get into these uh Kansas State Wildcats, again, corporate governance. I love Chris Kleiman, right? North Dakota State. quintessential developmental team. I think they should be in the Big 12, uh, North Dakota State. He won a couple national championships, making no money, just developing players, picking the right players for his scheme. These guys, all they do is eat, drink, football. Schneider was the same way here. This guy's a chip off the old block. Uh, he goes 8-5 last year, which is great for them. He went 8-5 his first year there. Uh, they returned 7 on offense, 7 on defense. And again, all right, let's look at the roster management. 50 career starts on that offensive line. So that's going to be a problem early. Remember, South Dakota, those Dakota teams are good. They're always in the championship game for FCS. And we talk about marginal utility. One through 44, they can hang in for three, four quarters. What kills them is what we talked about, death, and death of the special teams. Because when you're running full sprints on special teams and you get into that late fourth quarter, you know, late late third quarter, all of the fourth quarter, you're gassed. Because that guy's running on special teams. The blue blood guy goes back to the sidelines. The developed guys needs to line up. <laughs> and play it down after you just sprint on spreads of teams, right? So That's why they have the advantage late in the game. Uh, 50 career starts is a problem when you look at it for Kansas State. Uh, this guy's going to have to have his running shoes. And we talk a lot about plus one. Uh, if a quarterback can make three first downs with his legs, they win 70% of the time. That's what Chris Kreinlin lives on because he has to win, uh, he has to do more with less. So that is a big red flag for me. As I look up, then early, who do they play? South Dakota, which is we'll play with them well. And Kansas State's going to hide plays, keep things in their back pocket because they have uh, Missouri at home. SEC the next week after that. So for them to hang in there, they're going to have to come up with a few surprises. And man, that SEC Missouri defensive line is going to be licking their shops against that young. Offensive line for Kansas State.
2: Who, who is Kansas State's QB? They got, they got the Nebraska kid?
0: Adrian Martinez, yeah.
2: yeah, from, the, yeah. from Nebraska? Yeah, he's a runner, too. He's a runner. But at least,
0: at least he can throw the ball, though. I mean,
2: a yeah. little more so than
0: Thompson, I think.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, they got Deuce Vaughn in that backfield. I mean, he's like a preseason All-American running back. Yeah, we're um, going to have to keep him honest with that running game because running game is easier
1: to teach. So, again, we're looking at another under when they play South Dakota because they want to keep plays in their back pocket. they got a bigger game the next week. The offensive line is young, so it's easier to run block than it is to pass block. So that's what they're going to teach those guys early. And whatever pass plays they have, they're not going to show them so the Missouri coaches can see what they're doing. So the best plays they've had in spring practice, some summer practice in fall, they're going to leave them from Missouri, not South Dakota, because they think they can just line up and beat South Dakota and keep this game under for us. As I looked it up, does that make sense, uh, Jesse and Chad?
0: Yeah, I like the logic there.
2: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely think they're going to be that 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 under style, or especially early, they're going to run the ball. And when you when you have an under experienced line, but I mean, I think it'll be it'll be split between you know Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. I mean, they'll both probably be a little bit more run heavy early on in the season. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be, they're, they're an exciting team, you know, because they are too, I mean, they did whoop LSU in that bowl game. So they should have like, they took some good confidence into the off season. Um, you know, LSU was super depleted in that game. You know, they, they had a bunch of, you know, transfers and guys gone, but um, you know, they handled them pretty good and still LSU. So uh, yeah, I mean, Kansas state, I think is a team that uh, could very easily find themselves contending um, late in the season. They, I think, you know, they, they, they're in that, that they had a decent season last year, you know, got got to that bowl game, won the bowl game, 8 and 5. Um I you know, I'd keep an eye on them. I do like I'm with Jesse. I like AJ Martinez. I think he can be a winning quarterback. And uh you know, with that with that running back, I mean, their their running game could be deadly. Um they could be able to control some games and uh and you know, they might might, might be able to get themselves a 9-10 win season if they if they start out hot. The okay, problem I have ago. with that
1: is that they go South Dakota Missouri. Tulane, Tulane, uh, we did the AAC. Tulane's going to be good. You're going to have a lot of players. And then at Oklahoma, Texas Tech. So when they get into that Texas Tech Iowa State game, they're going to be a beat up football team. Yeah. At, at Iowa State, another DeVille team, they're going to be beat up before they go to that bye. Then after the bye is TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor, West Virginia. And they don't get a break until the last game of the season, uh, Kansas. Any final thoughts on the Kansas State Wild, uh, Wildcats? Man, this is a great preview, man. This is the best preview. It's content you're going to get anywhere on these teams and what to do to put money in your pocket. Any final thoughts on the Kansas State Wild, uh, Wildcats as we go? I'm getting too excited as we go to your uh, Texas Longhorns.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you look at Adrian Martinez, and he might be of the top teams in the Big 12. He might have more experience than uh you look at uh, Texas with 20 right. years, uh, Baylor, young guy, Spencer Saunders, Oklahoma State, Dylan Gabriel moving over from UCF. I mean, uh, Adrian Martinez has probably done more in his career than any of those guys, really.
1: Big time. No, big time. Just Scott Frost. Scott Frost has never – I mean, I was sad to see him go from UCF. finish when he was coached at uh, – uh, you, you know you can't finish university and he's done absolutely nothing in Nebraska. so the fact that martinez was with him is now kansas state is completely meaningless your texas longhorns right when you look at corporate governance you got steve sarkeesian who's never won anywhere right he was he was the offensive coordinator at usc he had matt liner Heisman Trophy winner. He had Reggie Bush Heisman Trophy winner. He goes to Texas, and in Texas, he had eight first-round draft picks on offense, right? So he's never really proven that without that kind of talent, he can do anything. He does have basically an NFL uh, assistant coaches, Kurt Flood, who comes from the Bill Belichick, Nick Satan Tree, uh, Shiano Tree, is his offensive coordinator, Pete Kowalski, same type guy playing zone. It's his defensive coordinator. He returns seven on offense, seven on defense. And in the second year, he has 35 new players from the portal. Uh, about 40 guys has left since he's got there. And he has, let me see, 72 career starts on the offensive line. Uh, Sark, he plays Alabama September the tenth, but he has to keep placing in his back pocket because he has to be at Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat him last year. Uh, we'll go Jesse then Chad. What are your thoughts on the Texas Longhorns?
0: Big question mark quarterback. Uh, nobody's seen Quinn Ewers play in the uh, in college, so uh, you know he's highly uh, highly touted. Right. Big time recruit, but in, I, I I said it earlier in the show that uh, until I see it, call me right. a skeptic, right? I, I, I I'm not gonna believe anything until I see it.
2: 100%. What do you think, Chad? Yes, yeah, so, I mean Texas was a team, you know, early on last year they looked like they could have maybe been something, and then they just lost like three games in a row, just heartbreakers. Um, yeah. I can't remember. I want to say it was maybe the Baylor game or. I mean, they just they, – they they choked away oh, – it was the Oklahoma game too where they, they let – they were up big, right? Both those games, and They let those games get away from you know, and it's like if they would have got those games, you know, their season last year could have been so different. So, you know, I'm expecting them to kind of be in a similar position where they're going to be in good – playing good – the top competition in the Big 12, the close games. The question is, you know, are they going to be able to finish? Are they going to be able to hold on to leads – are they going to be able to come back down a touchdown and, and and win the games? I I know they'll be competitive. They will be a competitive team. Um, but I mean, golly, we really just saw them last year. Just they could not finish when it mattered. They could not hold their leads. Um, you know, and and with thirty new guys and and or forty new guys, however right. many they got, you know, that's something that you know I think is a is a trend in that type of atmosphere and that type of environment is. You know, you once you're up 35 points and now you're only up seven with them, you know, like the ship starts sinking, guys start pointing fingers. You know, they had some catastrophic. I mean, just, just they, I mean, they could have just, they didn't need three first downs, you know, to win the game. And they just, they you know, and, and they got three drives and they could, it, it you know, starts like, to play caller, right? Yeah. And they couldn't get it done. So, I mean, yeah, I'm with Jesse. I, you know, we got to believe it till they see it. I expect them to be competitive, but. I mean, they got to show me they can finish a game and they can win an important game when it matters. Um, because they have not, they did not do that at all last year. Anything close, anything, anything close down to the wire, they they choked it. Whether they were winning or losing, they they couldn't find a way to win.
0: I got a question for you, Chad. Uh, do you think it could be a distraction with uh, Arch Manning? You know the, right. the excite the excitement. You know he's supposed to come in, and I mean, he, obviously not this year, but. Uh, how, how does how does that play out for for the quarterback this year, Quinn Ewers,
2: knowing yeah. that, uh,
0: that that everybody's waiting for uh, this this guy to come in and save? save how can you movie? not start,
1: uh, Eric Manning from the beginning of next year, just from a business standpoint?
2: Yeah, he's I mean, it's a lot of money. As my, you know, my my brother's a power five quarterback, and you know, he's there's guys always hitting the portal, coming in and transferring in and looking at schools. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. In my opinion, this kid, this is a recruiting year for him. Right. He's going to play to get this film to hit the portal and go and he somewhere knows else. He's not going to be there next
0: year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right,
2: right. So this this is just, he's getting film. This is like a, a senior year of high school. I'm going to get film at the college level to show I can play, get my, you know, so what I can do so I can go into another school and hopefully be handed a starting job somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I mean, that. I mean, so I would, the guy leading your
0: team has always already got one foot out the door. Is that a is that a negative in that in that respect?
2: I think so. I mean, especially if the ship starts sinking, you know. <laughs> right. I think that you know, if every everything's good and we're winning, we're 8 and all with you know four to go and you know I think he will be all in, you know, and he you know will be a good environment, but you're, you know, you're you know five and three and this you know you can't win the big 12 and you're just trying to hang on to play a bowl game um yeah i mean i don't i think he's he's probably not even going to play in the bowl game in my opinion if it doesn't mean anything he'd probably be a guy that's gonna already be looking for his his new recruiter. because i mean it's not only like arch manning is talent wise but like josh said there's a whole marketing and Right. I mean, you got boosters and NIL money and all these people that are invested in him starting. I mean, it's like he has to start going. He's he's not
0: coming to sit on the bench or get quarterback
2: competition.
1: You just gave him a million dollar upfront NIL, he's not gonna sit the bench. Yeah. (laughs)
2: So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great point, Jesse. That's a great point, and something that you got to keep an eye on because I would almost bet. I, I would bet a, a good chunk of my bankroll that that kid will not be at Texas next year. You don't start at the university of Texas and then be a backup for the next two or three years. I mean, that's just, no one's plan for their career is like, is like that, you know? So um, yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a great point. The arch manning coming there, you got to keep an eye out because I mean, yeah, they, they, they're you just, the ship, the ship starts sinking. All those transfers, portal guys, quarterback, they're all, they're all getting off the ship. Um, and they're not going to come back, you know, late in the season and win a couple big games. It's not going to happen. Right.
1: And before we move on, the team that covered for me in big situations last year, Terry Bouton in those uh, University of Monroe, Louisiana, first game of the season, two offensive coaches going against each other. The total is 67 points. And Texas is getting 39 points. Which actually is going to be a coaching mismatch because remember Terry Bowden went undefeated in the SEC with Auburn. He's in his second year. He's getting a lot of good transfers from the South. He knows how to judge talent. Coach Bowden, we did the Fun Belt podcast. Very excited. How many people are downloading the Fun Belt podcast to build those Fun Belt? yeah That's a lot of points, my friends. With yeah, Mark, Mark I think the other guys that coach there and. Uh, Maybe they get over the total. I wouldn't touch it. But the next week, Alabama, Texas, right? Alabama,
2: Texas, I think that total is going to be high, and you have to go the under. So what do you guys think of that before we move on to our next team? Yeah, I'm, I'm betting Monroe. Louisiana Monroe plus 39 week one for sure. I'm, I don't think Texas was – I mean, I just don't even think these teams want – like they're, they are, like you said, they're not showing their hand. They're They're up 28 yeah. points in the second half. Their starters are coming out. Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I like – Monroe was a was – they, they covered – they were a good team last year. They covered – they did a good job not getting absolutely massacred. Um, UT San Antonio – UT San Antonio
1: is a legit team. They're playing beat up against uh Alabama. They're going to come up, beat up, and then go play San Antonio. That's going to be tough. I It's almost right now, if I could, maybe sprinkle some money line on San Antonio. In that game, again, the coaching message, in my opinion, as far as the head coach, they have to hide plays for Oklahoma and they got to hide plays for Alabama. So what do you guys think of this? we move on to our next team?
0: I'm just going to agree with what you guys had to say there. Uh, I'm not as familiar with uh, UL Monroe as uh, as you guys might be, but uh, I-, I like the angle for sure.
1: Terry Bounder. <laughs> and I talk about that because uh, the color guy for your Florida State criminals, you know, he, he listens to the podcast. William Floyd won a Super Bowl with Steve Young and Jerry Rice and won a national title with the Bounce Family. <laughs> so we love those Bounds. And, you know, I love you, William Floyd. Uh, Oklahoma State, we were talking about Oklahoma State. Uh, earlier with Jesse. We love the head coach. Uh, He's a great offensive guy, has a lot of offensive guys throughout college football. Great coaching hire. They paid $2 million a year now for a highly paid defense coordinator in Derek Mason. And then they went out. This is important to you, Chad. I learned this today doing my research for podcast. They went out and they outbid uh, Cochran, who's the strength and conditioning coach at Alabama for $1.2 million. And they're paying their strength and conditioning coach $1.3 million to develop players on Oklahoma State because they're a developmental team. So, to compete against the Kansas State guys who knows how to get guys in the weight room. That's a lot of money, Chad, huh? We need to get your job as a yeah. conditioning coach, $1.4
2: million. <laughs> Shoot, right? <laughs> I'd do a better uh, job anyway. All
1: right, so Oklahoma State comes off 12 or 2 last year, 8 3 the year before. They start at Jim McElwain on a Thursday night, Central Michigan. remember, Jim McElwain was, won a national title as offensive coordinator for Nick Satan in Alabama. They go to Florida, takes him to the SEC title two years in a row. Then he gets drunk on a boat. And he got caught doing crazy stuff. And he gets fired at Florida. Not for importance, but for his personal conduct. From there, he goes to Michigan. And now he's the head coach of Central Michigan, studying all summer for Oklahoma State. Uh, they only returned 55 guys on that offensive line. Seven off and seven on defense. Man, Central Michigan. Then we look at the line. I'm looking at uh, the line is plus 22, the over-under 58. I think Coach McElwain is going to have a scheme for him. It's a big recruiting game for Central Michigan. Give me the Shippawas plus 22, under 58. What do you guys think about your Oklahoma State Cowboys my logic on that first game of the season?
0: As much as I like Mike Gundy, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the quarterback they got there right now. Um, and I and I do like your angle. I think the uh, the Chippewas are a team that could uh, sneak up on you.
2: Big time. Might be looking at a money line bet with that. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I mean Oklahoma State's leaning on the defense. To me, as a defensive team, um, what do we say? Defensive teams, laying, as a 22 point favorite. I mean, I, I that's gonna be tough for them to cover. Um, I'm with Jesse. I'm not a big uh, Saunders fan either. You know, my brother, he did get offered by Oklahoma State. He was, it was pretty much between Oregon State and Oklahoma State. Um, you know, and he kind of, you know, they, they, you know, the coaches were kind of telling him that, you know, they liked Saunders and that, you know, he was gonna have to come in and compete and he'd be coming in as the number two guy. Right. Um, you know, so the staff has been, you know, they've been big on Saunders for the last. You know, they kind of gave him the keys. And, like, you know, he hasn't done shit with it. He's honestly choked him. I, mean, re- I mean, he's the reason why they didn't – because they lost to Baylor in the championship game. Or did they beat Baylor? Can't remember that. Was it came out in the last – Yeah, Baylor,
1: in the title game, they lost 16-21. Uh, so, yeah, with Baylor, Derek Mason being the new defensive coordinator, what? He's a zone Stanford guy. Keep everything in front of you. With, with us, he's competing against Randa. Means what? It means the under. So first game of the season, the head coach is the head coach. There will be one game where he wants to get into a shootout, but he does not want to wear down his defense or piss off his new highly paid defensive coordinator. So first game of the season, it's going to be a lot of running basic football against Central Michigan. because they feel, hey, we're a better program, we can just line up and beat Central Michigan. And they might. 28 to 14, and we get our under, and we get our plus 22. And the quarterback, I'll, I'll take you guys' opinion. The quarterback isn't that good. He's going to throw uh, a couple of picks for us. I got a
0: question you? for you. Do you play teasers? and Would you consider a dog and under teaser in this matchup?
1: Well, I have to, because uh, I manage now around $60 million. I got to keep, did my mind discipline, right? So in finance, the more variables you add, Less of a result you get, so unless it really jumps at me, rules are meant to be broken. So, if it it really jumps at me, I stay away from teasers or parlay. Now, Chad disagrees with me,
2: (laughs) I I don't disagree, but I am a little bit looser with like I will do two leg parlays and teasers. I don't go ever more than two leg, I won't parlay more than a two leg. Um, I only you know, but when stuff does jump out at me. Um, you know, I, I, I do, I do look at that. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's something that it, it, you've got to look at now. Now I might be more inclined to do like a, a unit on, um, the under the whole game under and a unit on, uh, the Chippewas plus 22 and then another unit on the teaser bet, you know, yeah. uh, something like that. Just cause like Josh saying, like diversifying it just a little bit. Um, like you know, I bet a
1: thousand dollars a game. So. I just convinced myself at the plus two sixty. So I think, what do you think, Jesse? Am I making profit? I take my thousand dollars and go four fifty plus twenty two, four fifty and the under, right? And then a hundred bucks on the plus two sixty Central Michigan. Uh, I went two out of three, right? I make profit. What do you think, Jesse?
0: sounds good but what, what you said about uh adding uh, adding the two outcomes makes it um, harder to uh well, i don't know how you worded it but anyways All i agree right. with, i agree with the wording yeah right. but i gotta say when i first started gambling right i used these offshore books the 1-800 numbers to uh right. and car- carib Sports, yeah. sports. some of these kind of and they wouldn't allow you to do uh, same game parlays they wouldn't let you bet on side and total in the same game because one outcome contributes to the other. Right. So if you've got a team that's a 22 point favorite, they've got to score x amount of points to cover that spread. Right. Which indicates which points you in the direction of the over. So just by the nature of a lower scoring game, the na- the, the fact that the game goes under points you towards covering the spread. Right. So those two outcomes are working together.
1: Yeah, um, there's correlation.
0: Yeah.
2: Correlation, yeah. No, sure. big time. Big time. Yeah, yeah. No, we talked about that too. Yeah, like, like you're saying, if we like, you know, the under in that game, the under favors the, the dog because the favorite's got to score, you know, if the game's lower scoring, it's going to be a closer game. So the, the under and that dog kind of are, are – they correlate together for sure. Right. That's why
1: collaboration, I think, in sports betting is so important. Because there's so much information to process. I usually start looking at correlation the second half of the season, where mine's acclimated to that. I don't have clients calling this and that. And then my mind can kind of process the correlation part of it. But Jesse's point is 100%. My rule
0: Accurate. of thumb is parlays and teasers only if it's same game and there's a correlation there. Rather, yeah. rather than a lot of people like to tease two favorites down right. or tease two dogs up on separate games. And then I think what comes into play is what you said. You, the more outcomes you need, the, the harder it is going to be to win. Whereas when when, they, when you have correlation, I, I find it to be an advantage rather than a disadvantage.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: 100%. We use decision science, right? Where uh, you eliminate variables and covariables to get to a result. So the less covariables co- co- you have and variables you have, the better off you are. But every rule is meant to be broke. <laughs> That's just real life. Next thing we're gonna look at is Iowa State. Iowa State is a quintessential developmental program. They work in two-year cycles. Uh, they go seven and six, nine and three, seven and six. They're happy with that. They only return 66 guys in in the on the offensive line, five on offense, three on defense. And that's a big red flag for a Matt Campbell team, right? Uh, He prides himself on developmental. He has a whole program. They want him for the NFL. Uh, So this year is looking bleak for them. Uh, They play a team that Chad's familiar with. I think Chad's rival, Southeast Missouri, first game of the season. I think he played for Southern Missouri State. Then at Iowa, uh, not much to look at with Iowa State except a lot of unders because they have to play zone, keep everything in front of them, and they got to keep from getting blown out. So the season they go south and they get depressed. We'll go
2: Chad and Jesse. What do you think about your Iowa State Cyclones? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they're going to be a pretty middle of the pack team right now in my mind. I think, you know, they're going to be a, a defensive mind team. They're probably going to run the ball a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking, you know, they're going to be a team that will, uh, with the overs, uh, they're, they're going to be an under team, and they're going to be a, a good dog and terrible favorite. Right.
1: What do you think, Jesse?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think,
0: uh, especially early on, I mean, when you lose your leading rusher and your starting quarterback, you're going to have to start out slow. Not, you can't reinvent the wheel in week one. Um, so, you know, unders and, and uh, low scoring games, uh, perhaps covering as a dog sounds feasible to me. All
1: right. All right. That's your Iowa State Cyclones. Not much to see. TCU, new head coach is Spike Dykes. Uh, his, uh, his dad was a great head coach at Texas Tech. New offensive coordinator, Gary Riley. Uh, this is air rate, 100% score. This is you're your quintessential offensive coach. Defense is going to have to come back right on the field. He never cares about his defensive coordinator. Uh, first game of the season is at Colorado. Returns 10 on offense, 8 on defense. Coach Gary Patterson, who's now at Texas, forgot to mention, uh, didn't leave the cover bear. He Left him with good players. First game of the season is at Colorado. Uh, not a big fan of Colorado, Coach. And TCU is favored by nine points over under 55. Uh, no way it gets to 55. I, I, no way it gets to 55 because Colorado has good defense. And what we just talked about, since Colorado has a good defense, I'll we'll put the clamps on TCU. I like him plus nine. What do you guys think? We'll go Chad and Jesse. Um yeah, so, I mean I think you <laughs> were frog, from spike dice.
2: This you said, are we on Texas Tech right now or TCU? Uh w- TCU. TCU, yeah. So yeah, I mean that I am I'm, I'm looking at that that game too probably be an understyle game. Um, I mean Colorado was I mean they could not score the ball at all last year. I'm not expecting them to be too much better um offensively. So yeah, I mean TCU, I think. You know, it's a team that that it, it, they could go either way. You know, they I mean they could be a, a eight and three, they could be a you know, a five and or six and six, they could be a three and eight. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, you know, I think think they're gonna ha have some talent. Um what 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 was their what they finish last year, Josh? What was their record What did they, they finish? Five out? and seven
1: and Gary Preston got fired. And uh, the coaches, I hate to see him go because we play him every year, It's Joe Gillespie. And we always had an easy time scoring on Tulsa. Not very impressed by him at all. So you got to look at a lot of TCU overs uh, this year to go over a lot of games, you know, do your research though. And uh, it gets almost like a double buy because they go after Colorado, they go Tarleton State, which is a very bad FCS team. They get the week off and then they go to SMU and play uh, the Mustangs there in what game? Does it looks to be a shootout against Red Lashley. So this I is think middleing team
2: TCU is going to be similar to last year. They're going to be a they're basically a five hundred team, and it's going to come down to three games. And if they can, there's going to be three big games that are going to either swing them, you know, to be an eight and three team, right, or a, or a three and eight team, where they're going to be right at the middle. You know, it's going to, there's going to be, you know, three or four pivotal games, you know, um, you know, that they're, they're going to have to pull out. So I, they're a team that I don't really have too much on. I'll be watching, you know, first, probably won't have any action on TCU. May, that Colorado game, I, I probably may, may take the, the, you said that they were, they were plus, they're minus nine or plus nine. That's what I'm saying. The, the Vegas got the line wrong. I'm betting this right
1: now, either right now or after the podcast is off. They have TCU minus nine at Colorado, with lesser talented. Colorado has better uh, players. Carl Durrell has promised not to get involved in the offense or defense, let the coordinators do it. So they're going to be at a coaching advantage. They're in the third year of that program. There's a brand new staff.
2: And I'm they're in ele- right now. Yeah. And they're playing elevation. Planning elevation. Elevation,
1: second half line, too. Yep. What do you think,
0: Jesse? I did write a preview for this game, and I came to the same conclusion as you guys. Right. But I'll point out, you guys might remember last year, the beginning of the year, Colorado. And, and Colorado wasn't that good last year. But they started out early on playing a, a really tight game against Texas A&M, right. which was kind of like blowing your mind. Like, oh, my God check the score at uh, Colorado, Texas A&M, and it's like 6-6 six, six, or 3-3 three, three or something late in the game. And I had the
2: under, man,
1: so I was happy. And,
0: and, I mean, this game has all the writings to be that that game all over
1: again. In right, London. 100%. 100%. Because, remember, Jimbo Fisher, and we don't really know the, the, the bottom of it. An Alabama booster kind of told me a little bit about it. You know, I think Satan's kids are adopted, right? And Jimbo hates Nick State. I mean, hates him beyond hate, right? So I knew he was gonna hide all his place for the Alabama game, which he did. That was the best game they played all year. That's the only time they so, showed certain schemes on defense, certain games on. So I knew Jimbo Fisher was gonna show absolutely nothing in that game. Spike Dykes, a new staff at TCU, he know he knows he has a buy, right? With Charleston State and whatever before he plays SMU. Very doubtful he's going to show off his cards in that Colorado game. So, the under, a lot of, lot of variables that you have to shade through the under in that game.
0: And if Max Dugan wins the quarterback battle there over Chandler Morris, I mean, he's not a guy you want to be backing as a, no. as a favorite, you know, to
2: cover points. Especially on the, on the road and elevation in week one. Right. And I assume. Sort of, So one one thing we talk about, is never been
1: on emotion, right? Jesse and John were talking about when we were on Monday about not bending on emotion, not getting emotional. Uh, When JT Daniels went to Oregon State, they were talking about him being at Oregon State when he was visiting, and Chad told me, I was ready to go Nancy (laughs) Carnegie (laughs) on (laughs) him. Suddenly (laughs) JT Daniels has a hurt knee, but he ends up at West Virginia Coach Neil Brown is a great coach. He covered for me at Troy. When he was at Troy, he was a covering machine for me. He knows how to uh, – the X's and O's, right? He knows how to get the Jimmys and the Joe's to fit his stuff. Great developmental coach, but situationally, he's awesome. His new head coach, his new offensive coordinator is Graham Harrell. Then when we had uh, a guy, uh, Chattanoff, Ben Routcliffe at Houston, Baptist, he played the Air Raid. And they're all best friends. Kitty, we'll, we'll talk about. Graham Harrell, uh, Lincoln Riley, and the coach at Arizona, the head coach at Arizona. They all hang out together. They're all friends, and they all run that same air raid offense. 80% of the NFL teams now, I'm hearing, have air raid concepts. Which, let me know from right, Chad. That is where the quarterback and the wide receiver read the defense
2: independently. Yep. The wide receiver runs the route. And wait for, look for the ball, or 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 he has like three different routes, and then the routes determine based off coverage, right? You know, like if it's man, we're gonna do this. If it's zone, we're gonna do this. You know, depending on what kind of zone, you know, there might be a third right. read. Um, right. and I'll bring but, out the whiteboard on when we
1: do the SEC for that four-two-five defense, which we'll see a lot against that air raid, and then back and forth. We can do it back and forth. So J.T. Daniels is there. Josh, where did Graham Harrell come from? Graham Harrell came from USC. Slovis
2: in them. Okay, so he's or been at he Texas Tech. He's been at West Virginia for a little bit. No, this is his first year. He's coming uh, from he, Tech. He
1: was at Texas Tech with Clingsbury. Uh huh. And then he went to USC. Slovis. Remember, Slovis was going for the national title until they imploded. Mm. Then. Last year was a disaster. Now he's at
2: West Virginia with JT Daniels. Okay, because he know they have a relationship because JT was at USC while he was still there, correct? Right. He
1: recruited him to USC. Got you, got you. Right. So we didn't have to break his knee if he went over there to Oregon State. Answer <laughs> started no matter what. Now, just King, right? Because I know rivals will report me to FINRA. Uh, <laughs> West Virginia has 107 starts coming back on a talented offensive line. Coach Brown, Coach Neil Brown, his specialty is the offensive line. So I think you know he's going to be very protected. Only four guys coming back on defense with seven on offense. Coach knows how to recruit. I look at them as my sleeper team in the Big 12. They have to win. They're, they're really on the outside looking in. On this conference expansion because west virginia is a broke state they only have 2.5 million people here in orange county there's 3.5 million people but there's more people in orange county california than the whole state of virginia west virginia so he's got a little talent there they have to win for that earned advertising revenue that we did with grand Harmon and Kerr gift department of butler so they have to win this year uh at Pittsburgh Thursday night in, our in the backyard brawl. That's a game I'm going to have to do a lot of research on. Uh, nothing really jumps out of, at, at me during the season, but I think they're going to be challenging for a title for the first time. They were 6-7 last year, 64 the year before. Now Coach is getting his type of guys. What do you guys think about your West Virginia Mountaineers?
0: It's it's really hard to say how, how much success JT Daniels is going to have there, but they certainly have a chance to be competitive. Like you said, uh, sleeper team, I, I could buy into that. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I agree with them being a sleeper team. I do think they're, I mean, with all those starts in the O-line, I, I like JT Daniels a lot. I think a good quarterback in college football is – makes just a huge difference i think that one position can really really flip the script um make a a good team great make a shitty team good right for sure. so i you know i've seen jt daniels spin it a couple times he's legit i love him as a passer i think You've he's seen him one in person the, right yeah i think he is one of the best quarterbacks in college football he's really he is undersized he's not a big stature guy right uh, you know which kind of you know, with, with longevity and getting through the whole season um, does kind of, you know, he, 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 isn't a big guy by any means, but he can really spin it. And um, you know, if they get going and they get rolling, I wouldn't be surprised to see them contending late in the season.
1: 100%, 100%. Now we'll go to your Texas tech red Raiders. Uh, like their coach, Matt Wells really recruited. Well, he should not have gotten fired. Uh, Joey McGuire uh, comes from the Baylor program. Those that recruit that state, Zach Key, So Zach Key, Graham Harrell, Clingsbury. They all are best friends and they all hang out with each other. They go fishing and hunting in Texas. And they won the same uh, air raid offense. So I look for Texas Tech to score a lot of points uh, this year. But again, a middle-of-the-road team, a team that you're going to have to do your research week to week. What do you think, guys? Uh,
0: Tyler Shutt is going to be quarterback, I guess. And uh, he he missed a lot of time last year, didn't he? Right. So, so, I mean, him him coming back healthy, if he can stay healthy, is probably going to be uh, good for their offense. Um, Their defense has made strides the last few years. They're not quite as porous as they were back in uh, the Cliff Kingsbury first couple seasons there. Um, gotta like them as a dog. If you're if you're getting enough points with Texas Tech, you know they they got the firepower to you know keep in in some tight games. So, I mean, I'm not gonna call them a, a serious threat for the Big 12 or anything.
2: Nah, they could be a backdoor cover machine though with that with that air that, raid. That's stuff. exactly what I'm looking at. Yeah, nice, so. man, this is really good information. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same. I mean, I think with Texas Tech, they're gonna score points. We gotta look at them as a good offense. I don't really know what the defense is going to look like. I don't know if, I mean, over under team. I, I they, we're going to have to go week to week and do research. But I do think if that's a good thing to look at, just saying, if they are a big dog, double digit dog, check them out for that backdoor cover because they're, they're going to keep throwing the ball down the field and trying to score late for sure. And that, that's all I got. Especially at home,
0: if they're yeah. playing a, you know, if they're playing a real top notch team, and they're getting a bunch of points at home. They're, they're really good in that spot. Yeah.
2: Totally.
1: No, 100%. 100%. And at home, September the 10th against Houston, uh, something we talk about, we call it now the Pete Carroll rule. If you live in the past, you die in the past. Houston was good last year. It might not be that same team this year. You're going to get a lot of points against Texas Tech. And, man, Houston has bigger fresh to fry later in the season. Uh, I like Texas Tech in that game. What do you guys think before we move on?
0: I think that's uh, exactly what I was talking about. That fits the mold that I'm
2: talking about right there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm with you on that one too. I think that's a good spot for him.
1: All right, hundred percent. The last team in the Big Twelve before we go real fast through the independent is your Kansas Jayhawks. Lance Leopold. I almost feel like he's a member of my family. I made more money off Lance Leopold games. That I've gotten in Christmas presents from most of my family. Great coach. Great coach as a dog. Great coach as a developmental coach. A guy like uh, Klingsman at Kansas uh, Kansas State that he's won multiple titles at the NIA level, FCS. Uh, He came after spring practice last year. Still got two wins. He's got nine coming back on offense, ten coming back on defense. You have to do your research, but uh, between the portal and this and that, Kansas has 89 career starts on that offensive line. With things being equal, uh, you got to do your research on Lance Leopold. What do you guys think with Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks?
0: I'm not as familiar with Mr. Leopold as you are, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first one to admit that. So uh, I'm gonna
2: bow out. I'm gonna pass it to Chad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, I, I mean, as a heavy dog, I mean, they're they're gonna cover spreads, right? I mean, every every team, right. they're gonna have games where they. I mean, I don't know how many games are gonna win outright. Maybe you know, two to four. Uh, the, the, they'll have some spots where where they'll be. A, they'll cover some spreads for sure. At Virginia, have... <laughs> at Houston, at Oklahoma, yeah, what are the games I you look at. I don't have much input right now. I think this is going to be especially Oklahoma.
1: Team. Oklahoma is going through a transition. They're trying to become a defensive team after being an air raid team. So yeah. that's going to be tough. All right, so that is your Big Twelve. Uh, we're going to do our independence real fast. What are your thoughts on Jesse? Have you done any research on Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish?
0: Uh, I mean, a little, yeah. No, I mean, uh, again, you you expect them to be competitive. Uh, how Just how competitive? Who knows? I mean, Notre Dame's always been sort of a right. team that I've always had pegged as, as uh, overrated because they've got a huge fan base. People love Notre Dame. People love backing Notre Dame. I'm talking like the last 20 years, right? Exactly. So I'm talking like when they... Went to the national title game, got blown out by Alabama, and they were nowhere near the second best team in the country that year.
2: Yeah, um,
0: uh, that's 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 sort of my Notre Dame opinion, long standing.
2: The Manti Teo first round pick, like, can't man. wait for
0: that documentary. By the way, you guys know the documentary is coming out on Netflix. <laughs> about 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 his girlfriend that didn't exist. Oh, yeah, Netflix did a documentary.
2: That's got to be a publicity, a PR scam. There's no way he's that dumb.
0: (laughs) Like I say, I can't wait for the documentary.
1: Yeah, 100, 100. Yeah. I mean, all these documentaries. My wife's a psychotherapist. We've been married uh, 18 years now. And every time I I watch a documentary with Anna, my wife, about football, she's like, oh, it's somebody I never would have thought. She's like, oh, that guy's gay. Right. Like she's like, oh, Tim Tebow's gay. He has to be. Hey, oh, Hernandez. Fr- Hernandez comes on the screen in five minutes. Oh, yeah. Hernandez is gay. Like she, because of her psychological training, she could pick up. And I'm like, T- he was not gay. Well, he didn't get married until his 30s. And he was a virgin, supposedly, with all these hot girls of Florida. I don't know. She's the expert. So <laughs> it's high he was dating a guy <laughs> so it would be interesting what my wife has to say about that documentary i'll uh i'll, I'll give a like professional report on that uh, and again i was surprised that against the assistant chief of police in tampa a good friend of mine bill logan he's the one that he should have arrested troy aikman when he was dancing naked with edward, edward smith in gainesville and I never knew the two guys would go to a gay bar so I'm always surprised by a documentary so I'll be ready, I'll be mentally (laughs) prepared for that documentary things I might want to find out, things I may not want to find out all of Nick Satan's kids are adopted (laughs) I'm looking for Notre Dame here Notre Dame, Phil Steele he is, this is page 214 uh, again, inflated lines. I know this guy, close to a billionaire. He's a Notre Dame booster and fan, graduate of Notre Dame. He bets a million dollars. I don't know who takes this bet, but where he bets, he bets close to a million dollars every time in Notre Dame. Right? The, the market out there in the sky where somebody takes these bets, he, all he does is bet Notre Dame, right? And they make a lot of money off of him, I guess, because all he does is every single game, he bets Notre Dame. And like Jesse's saying, he's right 40% of the time. Right. So, who's ever taking that bet, right, 60% of the time, making a lot of money off this guy.
2: <laughs> but placed
1: a lot of the other line for us in the big way, so it's always easy to bet Notre Dame the dog. Uh, the dog playing Notre Dame, especially Navy, uh, they were 11 and 2 last year, 7 coming back on offense, 8 on defense, and they have great offensive line coach. They always recruit well on the offensive line. Uh, but they only have 59 career starts coming back on that. So, right. What do you think, Chad? New head coach has never really been a head coach before Marcus but, but, Freeman. Are
2: we, are we still on Notre Dame or are we on Navy now?
1: Notre Dame. And then we'll go to Navy. Or after you go to Army.
2: Yeah, I don't, man, I, I really don't. I had, did not do too much research on Notre Dame. I, I don't really have too much, but yeah, new head coach. You got to fill them out. Um, You know, see, see, he's a first time head coach too, correct?
1: Right. So it's a big coach you missed last against Ryan Day, first game of the season. Ryan Day's a great coach. Kevin Wilson, his offensive coordinator, should be a head coach. So give me Ohio State rolling over them, uh, first game of the season. You like that, Chad, before we move on to one of the things we love to bet, which is the
2: Army. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I mean, corporate governance, that's a corporate governor governance bet all day. And, I, I mean, that's a good angle. So, I mean, make, um,
1: yeah, I'm Ohio State minus 14, under your 58. Notre Dame's not going to score. Uh, Ohio State was bad on defense last year, so they were going to
2: overcompensate
1: yeah. uh, this year. You're going to be ready good spending them all summer.
2: And offenses tend to start slow, too. I think Ohio State in that first half is going to be, be slow, too. I might even look for, like, a first half under in that game as well. I I see a slow start offensively for both those teams in that type of game.
1: Big time, big time. All right. So that's your Notre Dame fighting average. Uh, Man, Army, you never bet blindly. You always do your research. But, man, they've covered to the under for us religiously, right? They run the ball. They eat the clock. And then they play zone on defense, keep everything in front of them. Their head coach, corporate governance, is. Jeff Monken, his brother Todd is the offensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs, which we'll have all you guys and Scott and John on that SEC podcast, which is going to be a powerhouse podcast. Uh, his brother's the offensive coordinator for Georgia, former NFL guy. They won a lot of national championships. Uh, Army goes five and eight, then 93, 94. He's got that program rolling. Uh, Look for them to cover at Wake Forest October the 8th. What do you guys think about your Army Black Knights?
0: What's the line against Wake Forest?
1: Right now, if you want to bet it early, it's uh, plus 18. And the over-under is 56. Hmm.
0: I don't know. I kind of like Wake Forest this year. Uh, I mean, I, they're bringing that – I know they lost uh, the, re- the receiver, but they're bringing Sam Hartman back. Um, you know, they were they were pretty damn good last year. 18, uh, I, I'm on the fence. Call me on the fence on that one.
1: Last year they played – it was 70-56. to 56. Crazy game. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't think they're going to do that again. I'll no, go ahead exactly. and say <laughs> I don't
0: think they're going to do that again. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's why I'm taking the other thing overcompensate, you're not supposed to blow out uh, service academy teams. What do you think, Kyle?
2: No, yeah, yeah, I don't know that that game's later in the season. i probably I probably have to wait and see. but I mean, yeah, I definitely think the total will be inflated from last year. I think it underplay, you know, if you get like a a set, you know I mean, you, I mean, shit, who knows how high it might be. They might throw a 65, 68. I mean, they throw something like that out there. You gotta look hard at that under with, with a team like Army and running the ball every play. So that's that's really I'll be I'll probably be looking at the total. Right or right now, I'm looking at that total more than I'm looking at the side.
1: Right, right. All right. So that's your Army Black Knights. We'll go on to Yukon Huskies, 1-11 last year. Jim Morris, the new head coach. Uh, former NFL coach had success at UCLA. His dad was a head coach in the NFL. They're the one 11 last year. They're bring in 40. 40- New players, and I think if you're like betting UConn games blindly, maybe you should go to one eight hundred Gamblers <laughs> Anonymous. <a minute>. This <laughs> is a wild card team, so <laughs> you just uh, gotta really stay away from. What do you guys think about your UConn Huskies?
0: <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. The best advice to give is stay away from UConn Husky games. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know too much about
2: the Huskies except they stink. That's that's all I know. I didn't, I didn't even know they had a football team, so I didn't. <laughs> I, I did do that
1: because USF used to beat them every year. We used to love UConn because we used to blow them out. All right, next team is in the same boat, uh, UMass. Basketball team, a school with a 1-11 record, eight coming back on defense, eight coming back on offense. Uh, 68 career starts. And again, we do a little mental health on here since my wife is a psychotherapist. You're betting uh, UMass football games. What is your relationship with people, your girlfriend, your wife? If you're betting this game, you're headed toward degenerate, Bill, because it's really hard to, to research this team and have a legitimate opinion on them. They bring in head coach Dan Brown, who got fired in Michigan and was a horrible defensive coordinator in Arizona. He's their head coach. This is, this is games you should stay away from. Any thoughts on the on the Minutemen there of UMass? I,
0: I'd just like to say, as a guy who's currently sweating out ongoing games as we speak in the <laughs> WNBA and Major League Soccer, I'm still not touching UMass. Yet. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I haven't watched one UMass game. I mean, I didn't even. I never even really heard of UMass. So they offered my. They offered chance out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really even looked into them. Um, yeah, I got. I got. I got no input. You gotta you, make sure you watch this team play before you put any money on them. That's all I got.
1: All right. So our last two teams. For your touch on man, great podcast. Thank you guys. Can't thank you enough for, for coming on and giving me a different perspective right? Not one of these young people that are stuck in their own head. Uh, we'll go first. Well, actually, New Mexico State is in the same uh, ballpark as those other teams. There were two and ten yeah. last year bringing 40 guys after the portal, right? No thoughts on New Mexico State, right? Any thoughts? I do
0: have thoughts on New Mexico State. I, I actually bet them as a dog a few times. Nice. Um, you know, and, and their offense was able to move. I could say last year, offensively, they could move the ball. They just kept on turning it over. So, I mean, maybe you could say that about a lot of these, you know, two and nine, two and 11 teams, but, but they, they did cover some, some big games for me. They they were capable of scoring. Um, I, I, I would put them a notch above those, those two teams we mentioned
1: previously. Yeah. They that beat was- UMass last year and they're at UMass. And one thing to know, Jerry, uh, Krill is a coach, a guy that I feel bad because he almost had a heart attack on the sideline. I don't think he really should be coaching, but somehow he, he's over here at New Mexico State, poor guy. Again, he's a great coach. He, he won a national title at San Bernard Valley. And then when he was the coach of Minnesota, he took him bowl games three times, always covered. He's a guy who's married to the game of football. Uh, his wife divorced him. She doesn't think he should be back coaching with a serious health problems. He could die on sidelines. I oh, don't watch that game where the guy dies on the sideline. He really shouldn't be there, but I guess New Mexico—that's where Breaking bats from, right? <laughs> you get away with stuff like that.
2: He's your—he's your head coach, New Mexico State. Any hey, thoughts, Chad? Before we move on, yeah. So my my brother's two best receivers from junior college are the our two starting receivers at New Mexico State. Wow. They're both good. They both could probably play at Oregon State for my brother there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear. I didn't really watch much. I mean, I'll probably keep a little eye out for him this year, but I'm not yeah, surprised. Warner, they, yeah, Tornero War, Warner played for your brother. I'm not surprised to hear that they could move the ball. They, I mean, they, they do got two good receivers there for that level of football. So um that's all. Shout out those two guys. And uh what, what we got, what's our last team? Our last team Are going be a team that's covered a lot.
1: For us, but I think they're in the same boat as Louisiana. Louisiana covered like 30 out of 30 times, but now they had a new head coach, right? Uh, the Louisiana coach is at Florida. Hugh Freeze who was the only coach who could really go toe-to-toe with Nick Saban, Alabama. During the years he was there, he's in his fourth year here. He goes 8-5, 10-1, 8-5. Their quarterback is drafted in the first round. They only returned four on defense, seven on offense. But I don't know if Vegas is caught up with them. In doing. I'm probably the only person who's done research on this game. But I'm very excited about uh, this game. It's a Conference USA game. First game of the season, September the 3rd. And Liberty. Liberty Flames, people, if you live in the past, you die in the past. So Liberty is minus 4. The over-under is 53 against Southern Miss. And Southern Miss is on the upswing. So I'm going to take Southern Miss plus four, and I'm going to go under 53 in that game. Uh, Liberty only returns – well, they got 104 starts coming back on the offensive line, but it's from three transfers they got out of the portal. This is an offensive-minded coach who wants to get in shootouts as the season goes along, but it makes it tough on his defensive coordinators. Uh, No defensive coordinator wants to coach for him. And Liberty is hard. Liberty is a hard school, hard Baptist school. Uh, So they have an odd defensive line coach as their defensive coordinator. Southern Miss with a solid program coming back. I like them a lot. What are you guys' thoughts on your Liberty frames last last uh, team of the podcast
0: today sounds like you've done more research than we have but uh <laughs> like like you say i mean that's a lot of talent to lose it they, they were really you know they sort of overachieved the last couple of years or they they were a big s- sort of surprise team it's going to be hard for the uh, bookmakers to accurately uh sort of make the adjustments if, if right. they don't have the players they, have, they previously had um yeah. but i mean I'm probably going to want to sit on the fence and watch them play a game before I'm going to make any serious determinations.
2: 100%. 100%. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, it's like I almost think they're going to be overvalued because I think they're going to – I think they could suck this year, honestly. I mean, I think they could be – they could be finished below 500 and be a very average team. So – with that being my initial thought i think the books are going to overvalue them i don't think that m- will be reflected definitely a team to watch early on um but i don't know i'm looking i'm looking to like i'm i'm with josh you taking some limits. i'm looking to fade liberty i think they're going to be overvalued and i just I, honestly i didn't even think they were that good last year like they i mean they like almost lost to louisiana monroe like sh- like right were like a 30 38- monroe cover for us tonight yeah. Yeah, they're like a third. We got Louisiana Monroe plus thirty eight, and Louisiana Monroe <laughs> almost wins the we're game. You're <laughs> <Josh> laughing, like, oh, the money line was plus like of twelve hundred. We could have sprinkled it. So I mean, <laughs> because I know,
1: I know Coach Bowden, man. That's my that's my guy, if, Coach Terry Bowden, if, man. If you give me plus thirty
2: eight. Come on. If they were doing shit like that last year, I mean, I just I can't see. Right, I well,
1: no, in Liberty, let me make sure, but I think I got. Liberty season total under ten wins.
2: Oh no way! That's a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's a no-brainer because they're betting last year's Liberty Flames, not this year's Liberty Flames. So what was it ten? Now it's at nine and a half. And nine and a half is still taking under. Uh, Yeah, they're gonna lose a lot of games. They're gonna lose to UAB, Wake Forest, (laughs) Old Dominion, BYU, Arkansas, Virginia Tech. So there's no way they're getting. Anywhere close to nine wins. Yep, yep. All right. So final words, guys. Thank you so much again. And uh, we'll see you guys back. It's not next week. We'll see you the week after for the SEC. Final words before we give you the closing and Winston Churchill.
0: Pleasure to be on with you guys for the first time. And uh, nice to meet Chad. And I'll be interested to see your brother playing at Oregon State. I'm, uh, so, yeah. I'm from the West coast. So, uh, you know, the PAC 12 is my conference. I'm yeah. actually, uh, I will say that the number one rule of handicapping that, uh, that Josh gave us is, uh, oh. no da- no danger to me because I don't have a team Canadian <laughs> from Vancouver. Uh, we don't have a college team, so I don't have to worry about betting on my home team. That's something that no problem for me.
2: Yep. Yep. Man. Likewise, Jesse, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh- Man, look forward to a far, further collaboration with both you guys. And uh, it was a good show, guys. And Until uh, next time.
1: Yeah, very excited to have met Jesse. Man, we have the best content in sports. We don't have this major media, drive-by media, fake news, PR. We're giving you information that you can monetize, right? And we always close Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but make a life from what you give, thank you for listening to the ESVC podcast network. All right, let me get the live streams off.